Hey everyone, Rob B here with Rob D. And this week's episode might be one of the most important we've ever recorded. Because if you understand the content that we're about to deliver, then your lens on how the financial system works is going to change. This is so important that you understand to consume what we're about to go through. It could really change your financial lives. And for Hub Extra, we've got a free resource that you absolutely must check out. Welcome to the Property Podcast. Rob D here with Rob B. This is the show where we share for free what we've learned by spending a long time in property, both arranging thousands of transactions and now advising a multi-million pound property fund, which you can find out more about at portfolio.co.uk. Like Rob said, super important episode today. So do stick around. And we've got a couple more on the same theme coming up over the next two weeks. So make sure you're following the show so you get those sent straight to your device as soon as they come out. On Apple Podcasts, you can hit the little plus button. On Spotify, you can hit follow. Do make sure you keep listening because what we're talking about this week and over the next few weeks really can change the entire way you invest. Right, let's kick things off with our news story of the week. And this comes from Property Investor Post. And the headline reads, landlords could receive tax breaks to sell up. Rob, tax breaks for landlords. Wowzers, we've got a tax story that sounds vaguely positive, at least from the headline. I know, tax breaks and landlords in the same sentence without the word removed in there as well. What's going on? But it's worth pointing out that this is in the rumour category right now. This is not confirmed in any way. The first line is the government is considering giving landlords a capital gains tax break to encourage them to sell second homes. So from what it goes on to say, I think the idea is that they're targeting accidental landlords. So maybe somebody keeps hold of a home that they used to live in, or maybe they inherit one. So rather than being serious investors, they're people who've just picked up an extra property somehow. And this is a scheme to try to encourage them to sell that property to somebody who might want to buy it to live in. And they're talking about cutting or eliminating the capital gains tax on that. Who knows if that will happen? But another rumoured change is around stamp duty and downsizing, which coincidentally is something that we've talked about on the podcast very recently. So the idea here is that stamp duty might be removed for people who are downsizing because it's seen as a barrier to people moving to a smaller property later in life, therefore freeing up larger properties for people who want to move up the ladder and therefore getting more transactions going freeing the market up a little bit. Rob, I don't know if either of these things will end up happening, but it's just interesting that they're even being talked about. It is interesting that they're being talked about. And it's just nice, like I alluded to, that it's not a negative story around tax or rumour. You know, the rumours are generally quite negative of what's going to take place as well. So fingers crossed, everyone. We will see what happens. But it would be nice to get a tax break, right? That would be good. I think that would, might be a property podcast first. And considering we've gone many, many years now, we've been very patient waiting for one, then I don't think you'll get any arguments, at least from us, if it's announced. And of course, we'll keep you updated of any changes or if the government offers any commentary on this. So if an episode about inflation isn't exciting enough, and we know you love your episodes about inflation, we just look at the download numbers, possibly as exciting is that Rob D has finally penned a new book, and it's only now a week away before it comes out. Rob, are you excited? 
I'm relieved is the word, Rob. I've actually finished it, which is encouraging because last week we were talking about it on the podcast saying it was coming out. I hadn't actually finished writing it at that point. Now I have, so that's encouraging. So I'm now confident that the book will come out next Thursday. And it really helps me out if people go and buy it in the first week because it gets the old Amazon algorithm going and helps more people to discover it. So I've put some special bonuses together for people who do buy in the first week. Among other things, I'll be doing an online Q&A. So after you've read the book, if you've got any questions, you can come along and you can get those answered. And I'll also be doing an exclusive podcast mini-series where I've described my main takeaways from each chapter. And you can only get access to that if you buy it during the first week. So if you go to propertyhub.net slash money, you can pop in your email address there. We'll then be able to send you a reminder on the morning it comes out. So you can go and pick up that book and get those extras as well. If you're a long-time listener of the Property Podcast, you'll know that Rob and I have been going on about inflation for years. And this year, finally, the rest of the world has caught up. You cannot go anywhere without hearing about inflation at the moment. It is the hot topic. And there are so many different reasons that people are attributing to inflation. It's to do with COVID policy in China. It's to do with supply chains after COVID. It's to do with the war in Ukraine. And all these reasons may be true in terms of what's happening right now. But none of them hit on the point that's actually important about inflation for long-term investors. Because if you're investing in property for the long term, What's happening this month and next month is mildly interesting, but it doesn't really matter. What matters is what happens with regards to inflation over decades. And when it comes to that, the real reason that drives inflation almost never gets spoken about. So that is what we're going to set right in today's episode. So first of all, let's make sure that we truly understand what inflation is. And the easiest way to do that is get the dictionary definition. So Rob, what is the definition of inflation? Okay, this is actually really interesting, which I know is not something anyone ever says about inflation or dictionary definitions, but it is. Because in the definition is captured something that tends to get lost when people talk about inflation day to day. So this is the definition. Inflation is a persistent, substantial rise in the general level of prices related to an increase in the volume of money and resulting in the loss of the value of currency. So the first part there... That's the bit you know, right? You know inflation means prices going up, a persistent substantial rise in the general level of prices. But the second part is when people are talking about COVID and Ukraine and things like that, this never gets mentioned, related to an increase in the volume of money and resulting in the loss of value of currency. So for me, and I talk about this a lot in the book, this is the key to everything. Because yeah, there are lots of other factors that affect some prices at some times, and even that affect a lot of prices at some times. But the only thing that affects the price of everything all the time over long periods of time is the volume of money. And that is going to sound weird to a lot of people. It is, but it's actually that simple. And it's crazy that it's not talked about anywhere near as much. People only talk about the results, as you've said, Rob. And that's understandable because that's ultimately what impacts everyone on a day-to-day level. But if we just looked at the cause and educated ourselves on the cause, then not only can you understand what's happening now, but when governments take certain actions, you can, with reasonable confidence, predict what's going to happen in the future. Rob and I have talked about that inflation was going to increase and push on from where it has been because of the way things changed in our money supply in the UK, which we'll come to. But I suppose we have to address it. <laughs> Has the money supply increased? I've kind of given the, the answer away. Yes. And to astonishing levels, Rob, visuals would do this justice more than 
us talking it through. But since the 70s, if you look at a chart of them I mean, way back through the years, you know, from the start of the last century and all the way to today, it goes flat, 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 and then just rises and rises and rises. And I mean, it's the ultimate hockey stick chart. It's almost staggering when you see it visually, how much money supply has increased in the UK and in America as well. Like, it's not just the UK. It's it's very much, you know, a worldwide thing. And the UK is one country that this has happened, but it's happened all over the world. Totally. Yeah, the podcast is exactly the wrong medium to be talking about this in because you need to see it. And and I do this in the book and we'll record a YouTube video for this as well because you need to see the chart. If you look at the money supply, the amount of money that there is in the economy, and you look at the period from like 1900 to 1950, then you can see some pretty big increases. And you can see those increases around the world wars. And that makes sense. Like you're going to war, war is expensive, you suddenly need to pay for a lot of stuff, you create the money to do it. And so you can see those really big increases around times of war. But then if you zoom out and you look at the period from 1900 to today, the expansion that you've seen since the 70s is so enormous that you can't even see the increases in those wars anymore. You have to zoom out such a long way to fit in everything that's happened since the 70s. They're just completely invisible. And we can talk a bit later about what's happened since the 70s to cause that to happen. But the important takeaway is that it very much has happened. So if we go back to our definition, inflation is a persistent substantial rise in the general level of prices related to an increase in the volume of money. And we've seen that. We've seen that that's happened. It's happened a lot over history. It's happened even more over the last 50 years at an incredible pace. Then the final part of that definition is resulting in a loss of the value of currency. So, Rob, has the pound lost value? <laughs> certainly has, Rob. So just like we said, the chart of money supply is quite staggering to look at. And as Rob said, we'll put a YouTube video out on this so you can see it as well. The chart of the pound's value or buying power of £100 over time is astonishing as well. So it's quite stable over decades. And then just before the First World War, it collapses in value. Then it recovers and then it starts to collapse again. And there are reasons behind that. But the most important point to understand is that the buying power of the pound has diminished to an incredible point. It's incredible the difference from 150 years ago to today. If you looked at this chart, and this was something you'd invested in, like a stock or a cryptocurrency, and you looked at this chart, you're feeling very poor. Like You feel like you've made a terrible investment. And actually, in a way, if you leave your money in cash, you have made a terrible investment. Because of inflation, the pound just devalues all the time. And it has done now for decades upon decades. So it's not a temporary trend. This is something that is making you poorer all the time if you hold your money in cash, which is what you are effectively doing if you just save. If you save and then don't invest, you're making yourself poorer. Yeah, it's... Absolutely astonishing. And the cumulative effect is not small. The pound has lost 99% of its buying power over the last 100 years. So something that would have bought you £100 worth of goods in the 1920s would buy your pounds worth today. So the magnitude of it is just astonishing. But let's tie this together. Why does this happen? Why does an increase in the amount of money in the economy cause the value of the pound to decline? And at first, this seems like a really strange concept because it's not something you ever really come across. But then when you think about it, it's really 
obvious. It's kind of the most obvious thing that there is. The less scarce something is, the less value it has. So think of like the paintings of da Vinci or something like that. There are only so many of them in the world and there will never be any more. And as a result, every one that exists is ridiculously valuable. Yes, it's valued because of its history and its beauty and things like that. But a big part of it is the fact that there's not many of them. Then the more and more and more of something you create, the less value any one of those has got. So you can kind of illustrate this by taking it to extremes. So let's just say that the government and the Bank of England went absolutely bonkers. They just decided that they were going to print enough money that they were going to deposit a million pounds in everyone's bank account. So everyone wakes up tomorrow and they're a millionaire. What would happen? Well, the price of everything would go up because there's no more stuff in the world. There's no more people working. There's no more raw materials. Nothing extra is being produced. What's changed is the amount of money. Therefore, almost overnight, you'd be a millionaire, but you'd probably be paying £1,000 for your cup of coffee in the morning. So that's obviously an extreme example, but it's exactly the same as what we're seeing in a less extreme form and have been seeing over hundreds of years and have been seeing massively over the last 50 years in that more and more and more pounds have been created and therefore each pound that's already in existence becomes worth less. In other words, there are just ever more pounds compared to the amount of stuff that you can buy with pounds. And as a result, any pounds that you're holding on to are going to be worth less. So that's me saying it, but you can actually get a really good example of this when you compare pounds, which have no scarcity because any amount of them can be created out of nothing, to something that has actual scarcity, which is gold. You can't just go and double the amount of gold in the world in a year. It's literally impossible. So Rob, when you compare what you can buy with pounds over time compared to what you could buy with gold over time, you see a really interesting pattern. And it kind of makes sense to relate it to property, right? Because that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So the amount of pounds that you've needed to buy property goes up all the time. But then when you look at gold, something that is actually scarce, unlike money, because money, is, as we've talked about, is just created all the time, then it paints a very different picture. And actually, this is fascinating when you actually internalise this and, and take it on board. It takes roughly the same amount of gold to buy a house today as it did in the early 70s. That in itself is like a bit of a wow moment. Like, wow, the same amount of gold in the 70s. Because in pounds, the prices are about 100 times higher. So if you'd put more money into gold than pounds, then property wouldn't feel so expensive to you. And if our money was pegged to gold, then property prices would have been a lot less volatile. And they would have not seemed as expensive as they are today. But because our money is devaluing all the time, it's a vast, vast difference. And that's because, as we said, gold is scarce. You can't print more of it, whereas you can print more and more money, which we do. Something I did not know until I got my hands on Rob's book, and this is just astonishing, is that food, which gets more expensive every year in pounds, has radically become cheaper when priced in gold. And it kind of makes sense, right? We've got far more efficient with how we get food. The technology is improving, infrastructure, transport, the way we store it. We've got so more efficient with how we actually produce and supply food. But yeah, it feels like it's more expensive. Well, that's because we're buying it in pounds. But it's actually cheaper when you price it in gold. That makes a lot of sense for, on a conceptual level. But wow, it, it's the first time I've heard it. And it's like, 
It's it's just a bit bonkers, Rob. It's all like makes sense from a common sense point of view. It's mad that we live in this world that doesn't make a lot of sense. No, this is the thing. I've and I've sort of spent a whole chapter in the book trying to break this illusion that the pound is this constant thing. Because I think everyone falls victim to this, us included. Absolutely everyone does, because day to day the pound is worth a pound, okay? It fluctuates a bit against the euro and the dollar and whatever, but it's pretty constant. We're not in like a hyperinflation situation and we never have been in our lifetimes. So we just kind of assume that the pound is fixed. It's almost like the pound is a ruler that you're using to measure everything else against, but you don't realise that your ruler is actually changing in length over time and therefore it's messing up all your measurements. And that's such a hard thing to get to grips with. But when you start looking at these charts, it is really striking. And like you say, Rob, conceptually, when you think about it, it does all make sense. It's just so hard to break that illusion from the fact that it's happening so slowly in terms of our day-to-day lives. You just don't see it happening. So this is all really interesting, but this is meant to be a podcast about property. So what can we actually take away from this? I feel, Rob, that we could go on for hours, but I guess that's what the book's about, right? (laughs) You've extended this a lot further out, but let's break this down to things that people can really take away from this episode. And the first of which is Inflation's inevitable. This isn't something that's going to stop. It'll go at different paces throughout time. At the moment, it's going up really fast, and that's because we've created a lot of money. And at some point in the future, it may not go up as fast. But unless something changes to the way we treat money and peg it to gold, for example, this is going to carry on happening. And you only have to look at what's happened since the 70s, since the pound and the dollar and others have been a fiat currency, which means basically you can just print as much of it as you like. Since then, inflation has been rampant. And what was before then? Well, we were on something called the gold standard. In 1971, President Nixon took us off what was left of the gold standard. It had been watered down a bit up until that point. And then at 71, currency, the dollar, which was the world's reserve currency, was taken off the gold standard, which meant that they could print as much as they like. And they have done. And they have done it a lot since the 70s. And guess what? We've also had a lot of inflation since the 70s. So unless that changes, unless the pound and the dollar no longer become a fiat currency, which I just can't see in any scenario where that would happen at the moment, then inflation is a given. It's just something you have to accept. Now, if you accept it as a truth because of the way our currency is set up, then there are certain things from a finance point of view that you can do and not just be punished by it like most people, but take advantage of it. Exactly. So... The obvious thing to do is not just leave your cash under the mattress where it's going to keep losing value. The less obvious thing to do is not to leave your cash in the bank where it's also losing value. And there's a whole chunk of the book about this as well, about how it used to be the case for long, long periods of history where the interest that you'd earn in the bank would be at least as high, if not higher, than the rate of inflation. So if you left your money in the bank and just saved it with near enough zero risk, you'd actually come out ahead. But since 2008, that's not been the case. You've been guaranteed to lose money and sometimes, like now, significant amounts of money by leaving money in the bank. So as a result, the only way to even try and keep up is to invest. Forget about actually growing your wealth in real terms. Just to keep up, you need to invest. What can you invest in? 
well, there's lots of different things you can invest in and go into all this in the book as well in terms of what's likely to do well in the conditions that I anticipate happening in the future. But I don't think it's a great spoiler, given the title of the podcast, to say that property is one of those assets. Property is something that tends to hold its value in the face of inflation because it's based on something real. It's based on real cash flows, which are rents, and those rents themselves rise with inflation. So it makes sense that property itself, over the long term, fluctuates on the way, etc, etc, tends to keep up with inflation. And I think, Rob, you dug out a stat that shows that it actually, over the long term, does better than just keep pace with inflation. Yeah, since roughly the 70s, properties outperformed inflation by close to 2%. So you're investing in an asset that beats inflation, and that pays rent, that's something that stays in line with inflation. So over the long term, it's a very secure asset. But actually, it becomes even more attractive when you leverage and you take debt out, or as we call it, a mortgage against that property. And again, approaching it for the long term. Because debt is your friend. Because if debt is money, and money is devalued over time, then your debt is devalued over time. So let's say you buy a property and you have a £100,000 mortgage on it today, and it's interest only. In 20 years' time, it's still £100,000, but that £100,000 is worth a lot, lot less. And how much less? Well, since the millennium, the pound has lost 45% of its value. 45%! The millennium isn't that long ago. So in just over 20 years, it's lost 45% of its value. So if it just carried on at the same rate for the next 20 years, that £100,000 in real terms will be 45% less. So you have an asset that's going up and actually just beating inflation, rents coming in, and the debt you hold against that asset is being devalued at the same time. For me, when you combine these two things, it makes property spectacular. You know, that's why we love property. For me, this is the secret sauce. And it kind of is a secret because people don't seem to talk about this a lot. We've talked about this on the podcast before. But when you truly understand this, that you buy property an asset that beats inflation with debt and the debt is devalued and the property values go up over the long term, it's just an incredible combination. And it's why we love property investment. And this really smacks away from all the naysayers, those who don't like property, those who talk negative about it. This is just the numbers. These are just the facts. And we're not saying you're going to get rich over the short term, although some people do try and paint that picture. But over the long term, if you invest in property and these fundamentals stay in place, then you will do well, very well. That's exactly right. And that's why I think it's so powerful to truly understand all these things that we've been talking about. Because when you understand something, you really believe it at a deep level. And when you believe it at a deep level, you're then going to follow through and take the kind of actions that you need to take to benefit from this. If someone just tells you and you have to take their word for it, then you're probably not going to have like sustained faith in what it is that they've said. You might believe it at the point that they tell you, but then somebody else says, oh no, but actually it's a terrible investment because of this. Or, oh no, actually all investing is risky. You should just keep your money in the bank or whatever. You get all these influences coming at you all the time. And most of what you hear is completely wrong. Most people, including most financial journalists and including a fair chunk of economists who claim that this stuff doesn't happen despite the abundant evidence that it does, don't 
understand it. And so by listening to them, you will be guided in the wrong direction. The same goes for listening to us. If you're kind of listening to this podcast in the background while doing something else and you and you kind of come away with this message that, oh yeah, property investment over the long term is a good thing, then that's not really going to get you anywhere because you will come up against some of these other influences that will make you lose faith in doing that and you won't follow through. It's only by really understanding it and believing it and looking at the history and looking at some of these charts that we can't show you right now, but they're in the book and we'll make sure they're in the YouTube video as well, that you really grasp it. And it's by doing that that you properly buy into it and you will take the consistent action over time that you need to to benefit from this. And those benefits over a long period of time are enormous. It's time for Hub Extra, that part of the show where we like to give you more. And we really are giving you more this week, more on inflation. Hopefully you've really enjoyed that episode. But it is just as good to absorb these lessons visually. And actually, we can deliver you more charts and more information by doing this on video. And Rob, being the generous so-and-so that you are, you've created a YouTube video on this subject obviously for free, that people can go and watch right now. It's out. It's just gone live and it's brilliant. Yeah, it was super fun to do because, like you said, you actually get to show these charts that we've described in this episode. But when you can actually see them, it's got so much more impact. So if you enjoyed this episode, strongly recommend you go and watch the video because it will help these points that are so important to you as an investor. It'll help them really land with you and you can kind of internalize this stuff. So all you need to do is go over to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Property Hub. You'll find us. You can watch the video right there. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not already because I've recorded another couple of videos on this theme that are going to be coming out over the coming weeks. Yeah, please do. There's loads of great videos coming out. We've really leveled up on what we're doing content-wise on YouTube. Just gone through 30,000 subscribers as well, which is brilliant. So make sure you're one of them so you don't miss out. And also share that channel. We know so many of you share the podcast, but please share the YouTube video on inflation on your socials help other people understand what's going on. Because as we talked about in this episode, if you understand what's going on, you can take action. Unfortunately, most people don't understand. So send them this video. In a few minutes, they're going to be able to grasp exactly what is taking place in the world. So share it and encourage others to subscribe so they don't miss out on content like this. Well, that is us done for this week. Let us know your thoughts on this topic. We're on all the socials at Property Hub UK. Make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this right now. And as ever, you can learn more about Portfolio at portfolio.co.uk. We're going to be back next week with another huge and important topic. We're just going to be talking about the global financial system, how it came to be, how it is, and where it's going next. Should be able to do that in 25 minutes pretty easy, I reckon. So make sure you join us for that one. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.